Hello. Hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to back. episode. What episode is this? Welcome back. Six? Episode Ooh. six? Season you two? No, I don't know. See, Map, you're the only one that knows. What do you mean? I You, you know I don't know. Season two, episode six. Yeah! I was right. Sweet oh, was 16. Right. <laughs> Wait, what? Ooh, baby. Because it's our sixth. Because uh, it's our 16th episode total. Mm. Matt, that's a milestone. So making, I love that. A joke. Yeah, our no, I, podcast can drive. I love that. I did not know. But yeah, we're so, we're like OG veterans at this point, you know? Oh yeah, we're definitely veterans. We are <laughs> from the the great podcast wars of 2009 or whatever. Yes. A whole year into our podcast, veterans. Yeah, a year and a half. We're about to be almost done with season two on a season three you know what we're hitting our stride and i love it yeah i love that for us ditto so mav you know i uh i bring much less to the table as compared to you so for these that's not true well that's not true i'm just here I think for that you are the vibes grossly underestimating how much you add <laughs> vibes just vibes you it's you add all of the knowledge and the you're and like our Greek chorus. You're the one being like, "What the fuck is oh. going on?" <laughs> Do you remember our like second episode? I think when we talked about Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Mary Pickford. Thank you. And Mary Pickford always played children. Yes. And I was explaining that to you, and you were just like, "Why?" And I had no answer. <laughs> like that's the thing that you bring to this podcast is like the things that while I'm doing research, I just like ignore. <laughs> you're, just, you're like, but what? You just that? fully accept it as like that's and just that's how such it was. a good question. Why was she playing those babies? I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know, but we could who speculate. Knows? We can always speculate. But that's what I yeah, Mav, I'm just like that that like annoying child that's always just like why why. Why? Why? I think that's Why? Why? incredibly important. It it is at times, at times. Um, so I'm fully prepared to do that this entire episode. Yes. Get ready. But I also have none idea per usual who we're talking about today. Which is funny because I don't know if we even need to address it, but this was supposed to be your episode. I thought post. we were just gonna like not. So you were supposed it. to know. We can take. We can delete this if we decide no, to. Put I'm it fine in with there. that. It's fine. Because I, well, I need to be I'm called just wondering out. how much we like promised it was going to be your episode last episode. Oh, that's true. I'm so sorry, everyone no. who's listening to this. No. If you were really looking you'll forward do your episode to later. me, I will. I will. It will happen. It's fine either way. The podcast is, we're committed to it in the sense that we really like doing it and we're working towards it and we put work towards it. Yeah. But the second it starts to become a negative stress in our lives is the second it stops being fun. Yeah. So I'm not mad about it at all. Well, okay. As long as you're not, because I know you weren't expecting to go today. I mean, you weren't, we talked about it. So it's not like I just like sprung this on you yeah, yeah, yeah. before we started recording. So like, <laughs> I should, it did make me think though that I should have one just like ready to go. You know what I mean? Well, I you should do research. Maybe I will over the like, winter break thing that we do and just have like an extra one hanging out yeah i mean just in case something happens you put this one together like relatively quickly for not having it on your radar you know yes so well that's a win this one is gonna be good this one's gonna be good i'm so excited i literally i don't know who we're talking about but i'm prepared to learn a lot i you actually genuinely 
I think you do know who we're talking about. <gasps> I would I? be shocked if you knew nothing. Well, well I'm, I might you lie to you. I would be absolutely shocked if you didn't recognize the name, I should say. Okay. Okay. Because this month, as you know, we may not be able to tell you good relationship right, advice. <laughs> Maybe. And we may not be able to tell you how to break up. No. But at the very least, this is how Bonnie and Clyde did it. Oh, Mev! I fucking love Bonnie and Clyde. Let's go! I totally I'm know them. Oh, I'm you so excited. Them? Yeah, this is... I'm excited. This is dope. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna learn a lot still, because I only know, like, surface-level things, I feel like. And they've been, like, how do you call it? They've been in the zeitgeist. They've yes, been, like, they've iconic been, like, I was gonna forever. say appropriated, but that's not the word I want to use. They've been, like, put on other couples, like Beyonce and Jay-Z, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, Bonnie and Clyde is iconic, but they've, like, like you yeah. said, they're in the zeitgeist now, and they're, like, part they're of, like, culture. Culture. And they represent probably so much more than they actually were as, like, people. Yeah. Which is amazing, I think. You've read the story of Jesse James of how he lived and died. If you're still in need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. <gasps> did you make that up? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fire. I love it. It's a quote from Bonnie. <gasps> Good old Bonnie. Bonnie made it up. Ooh, okay. Love her. Clyde Chestnut, in quotations, champion. Chestnut? Faro. That's his Chestnut, last name? That's his, that's his middle name. Oh my God. I was not Clyde expecting Chestnut, that. Clyde Chestnut, champion Barrow. Champion is a made up middle name. For sure. That didn't, that. Chestnut's, Chestnut's his actual middle name. <laughs> that checks out. Unfortunately, so, that checks out. He was born on March 24th, 1909 in Ellis County, Texas. Well, I didn't know they were that old. <laughs> I thought they'd be more recent, you know? Yeah, well, no, because it was during the Depression. Oh, uh, I know when that was. That was in the 1920s, I thought, right? Late late 20s, 30s. Okay, so this is like right before, they were born like right before. They were, the, yeah, they were in their 20s when the, during the stuff that we're talking about. When the Great so Depression were, hit. Yeah. Okay. His parents, Henry and Cumie, were poor. Clyde was the fifth of seven kids. Oof. According to his mother, Clyde was a sweet, fun-loving child who was often dancing or playing music when he didn't have to work on the family farm. However, the family farm was not particularly successful and the family struggled to keep food on the table. So they moved around a bit because of, you know, just trying to find work and food and whatever. Yeah. And this is even before the Depression. They're they're struggling already. Rough. Rough. The family moved around a bit when Clyde was a child before they ended up in Dallas in 1922 when Clyde was 13. Specifically, they lived in the poorer neighborhood of Dallas called West Dallas. Dallas, Texas? Yeah, Dallas, Texas. This is all, they're born and raised Texas. <gasps> Maybe that's why Beyonce was so connected to them. Maybe. Not Houston, but. No, but Texas, so. But Texas. This was also when he started stealing particularly chickens from nearby farms. He would like go through and yank a chicken and they could eat that night. You know what Yank I mean? a chicken? Like just steal a grab chicken? It. Yeah. Oh. I don't, I don't think yank a chick- chicken is like a. A phrase. No, I mean, unless you're being literal, you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Was he just like yoinked the yanked one up and moved on? You know what I mean? From a, a farm that he yeah. that wasn't his own. That was not his own. He just walked by it. You know. Okay, but they had a farm, didn't they? No, I think they don't have a farm anymore. Oh. They do have a um, like a gas station. What? Oh. The family owns like a, a gas, gas station. station. I don't know if they own it right now or if they own it eventually. Okay. But eventually they own a gas station. That's cool. Yeah. He had legitimate jobs at this time, like working at Procter & Gamble at their factory or working for a candy shop. But he 
like he always had to supplement that income, which was really low, uh-huh. with a legal activity. Mm, okay. Is this like the chicken yanking or is he like a drug yeah. dealer? Yeah. No, like the the petty theft and stuff like that. Okay. He also started dating a girl named Eleanor. He loved her enough to get her initials tattooed on him, but they were on and off and fighting. Oof. Damn. I didn't even know they had tattoos back then. Yeah. Wow. They've had tattoos forever. Really? Oh, I guess that's yeah. true. Stick and poke and like all that shit. They had a fight once, him and Eleanor, and she left Dallas to go to East Texas and visit some family. And in response to that, Clyde rented a car to go pick her up and he brought her mother with him, Eleanor's mother with him to go pick Eleanor up from East Texas. Uh-huh. However, once he got to East Texas, it was like they were having a nice time. So he decided to stay and he stayed past the date that he was supposed to return the rental car. Oh, so it's stolen now. So now it's stolen. Mm. Yeah. He didn't ever return the car or even call them and tell them that he was going to return it later. So they uh-huh. assumed the car was stolen. Uh, yeah. And they course. reported it. And the police went to go get it from Clyde. Yeah. And when he saw them, he left. Like, he ran. Wow. Just in the car. Making good and decision he left, after good decision. He left Eleanor and her mom stranded in East Texas. <laughs> so guess. I'm guessing that was, like, kind of the end of that relationship. Yeah. Mm, Eventually, great. the police caught up to him, and he was arrested for the first time in 1926 for car theft. The charges were dropped when the owners got their car back. Okay. Well, that was nice of them, I guess. But Clyde, what are you doing, you dumbo? Yeah. Um, at this time, cars were relatively new. Mm-hmm. Like cars had been around for I think like fifteen plus years at this point, but they're still like kind of new. It was kind of like when everyone started getting TVs. You know what mm. I mean? Like slowly, it was becoming something that everyone had. Yeah. And so they were relatively new. They were kind of pretty easy to steal. Huh. People rarely locked their cars. Of course not. And if they did lock their cars, they didn't, like, put their windows up. And they didn't lock the, like... You could lock the steering wheel so it couldn't move. Yeah. And people rarely did that. So how would they lock their cars? Like, the ones that did? They had a key. Oh, but they just had their windows down still? Yeah. They were... I mean, yeah. Their cars were notoriously easy to, like, hotwire and start without a key. Yeah. And... People just didn't lock them. So the cars were very easy to steal. Were they just getting also stolen the older... left and right at this point in time? Well, I also think it was a part of the whole, like, we don't lock our doors around here, you know? Yeah. I feel like it was also a... Fucking dumb. But yeah, yeah. Yes. Because they are, they are in Texas. They are in the South and, like, small towns usually. So it's like, I could also see the neighborhood just not knowing that that was something they should be doing. Yeah. Dallas doesn't seem like the smallest of towns, but... No, but they would go to small towns around it. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. I get you. But, I get you. and then there were even cars that you had to, like, crank to start. Interesting. That didn't need a key to start them at all. Because the older, older cars didn't even have a key turn ignition. Oh, they had, right. like, you know, you had to, like... Wind it up. Yeah. Yeah. And those were easy to steal because you just wind it up and then go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So... Just remember when we're talking about all the cars that he's stealing that it's very easy to steal yeah, a car. He's not like a mastermind of like yeah proportions. And they also like aren't made the ones that he's stealing like the newer factory cars. They aren't that well made in the sense that they haven't quite worked out all the kinks yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not. It's not that it's not well made in the way that things like today people are like well things aren't well made anymore. 
it's not it's not quite like that. It's sort of just like they don't know the best way to make a car yet. They're working on it. Yeah, got you, got you. Okay. He continued this lifestyle over the next few years, but was never in too much trouble with the law. He wasn't like constantly arrested, but because they knew he was doing illegal stuff yeah, all the time. Yeah, he's a little troublemaker. He'd be brought in for questioning. Pretty much any time that a car was stolen or a safe was cracked, which were two of his particular skills, mm -hmm. he would be pulled in for questioning. It was hard enough to get a job then as the like depression is hitting. Yeah. It's impossible to get a job and keep a job if the police are constantly coming in and questioning you and like hassling you, yeah. your employer is just going to fire you and hire someone that doesn't have that problem. Yeah, you are bad for business. And so this led to him having a pretty healthy disdain for the police. Of course. As I think we all share. Fuck the police, as NWA once said. He went to a party in January 1930 when he was 21 years old and a friend introduced him to a girl named Bonnie Parker. <gasps> Bonnie! I love her. Bonnie Elizabeth Parker was born on October 1st, 1910 in Rowena, Texas. Also a much better middle name, just hands down. Yeah. Than Chestnut? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking that you don't think that Chestnut's a great middle name. That was, honestly, I would have, like, deleted that or changed it. Yeah, that's rough. That's a little rough. It is. Especially if you're trying to be this, like, badass, like, fucking, you know. Well, he, I think he did change it to Champion. Yeah, but that's not really a lot better. <laughs> is it not? It's just like, you know, that's... If someone is like, my name is something champion whatever, I'm like, that's not... You made that up. That doesn't even sound like anything anyone would name their kid. You know? Yeah, well, Chestnut's not no. believable, though. <laughs> it is. It's just like that. I feel sorry for you. Champion <laughs> is like, you're trying way too hard. Like, you're overcompensating Maybe. for your I shitty I should have looked into, name. like, all of his siblings to see what their fucking middle oh. names were to see if she just, like, had a tree thing. Like, if yeah. they were all, like, tree names or something. <laughs> I hope it's just him. He just was, like, Chestnut. <laughs> uh, Bonnie was the middle of three children. Her mother's name was Emma and her father's name was Charles. Her father was a bricklayer until she was four years old when he suddenly died. <gasps> I don't know why. Oh, sad. Okay. Bonnie's mother, Emma, moved her family to a nearby town with her parents, like moved in with her parents in a nearby town. Yeah. And she got a job as a seamstress while her mother, Bonnie's grandmother, took care of the kids. Okay. Bonnie was smart and musically talented. She was a troublemaker, happy to start fights. But she was also like a drama queen. I think she was just like kind of crazy. You know, like she was a girl like living her best life, trying to see like yeah. what kind of shit she could she could stir up. Dealing with but the she was trauma also, like, of her father, probably. Cute and pretty. And so she got mm -hmm. away with it, you we, know? We love that combination, man. She starred in school plays and she was like a favorite student of her drama teacher. Yeah. Okay. And she was pretty and got a lot of attention from her male classmates. She's also really little. Like, like she's short? only like five foot tall. Yeah. Wow. And like skinny. She's like she's like one of the tiny girls. Yeah, she's petite. You know? How tall was Clyde? Yeah. Tall man. He wasn't he wasn't particularly tall. I think he was short, but she was really short, so he was mm. taller than her. That probably you know worked I mean? for him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she grew up dreaming of becoming a famous actress on Broadway, but bringing, being from a small, poor Texas town, it didn't seem like stardom was going to be in her future. She met and fell in love with Roy Thornton, who was a senior when she was a sophomore. They dropped out of high school together and got married on September 25th, 1926, when she was 16. She also had Roy's initials tattooed on her. What is this? Is this, this is like a thing that people did back then? I guess so. Okay. Well, you live in, you live in, you learn. Yeah. I yeah. guess. 
Bonnie, at just barely 16, didn't seem to be ready for marriage and insisted on visiting her mother often in the first weeks after the wedding. Her mom wasn't at the wedding? Her mom was at the wedding, but I'm saying instead of going off on their honeymoon and stuff, she was visiting her mom constantly. Uh, instead of living with her husband, she was visiting her mom. So she didn't. they didn't live together. Where did she live? Yeah. After a few months, the newlyweds moved into Bonnie's parents' house. Okay, sure. By 1927, which is just a year later... Maybe even less than a year later, because this was September. Yeah. Roy started leaving for long stretches of time, leading Bonnie to suspect that he was cheating. Fair. Roy started drinking and getting into trouble with the law. He finally tried to come back to Bonnie in 1929, after, I guess, just sort of being gone for the better part of two years. Yeah. But she wouldn't take him back at that point. The fuck? As you should not, Bonnie. Kudos to He was soon arrested. Yeah. He was soon arrested and sent to prison. They never got divorced, but Bonnie never saw him again. Uh, okay. So he went to jail and she basically was like, I don't think it's right to divorce him while he's in prison. Like, that's rude to her, I guess. (laughs) So she just didn't. They remained married. But, I mean, you'll see soon she doesn't have any interest in him anymore. Right. But she just never got divorced. And in fact, when she died, she was wearing his wedding ring. What a weird... Yeah, but she, I mean, I, don't, I guess it didn't bother, bother Clyde, so. I guess not. So they were never really actually, well, now I'm jumping ahead, but they were never actually married to each other. Bonnie no, they were Clyde. never married to each other, no. I've heard about that a lot, though. I mean, in, you know, kind of weird times, but okay. Yeah. Okay, Bonnie, you have some weird, like, uh, beliefs, but that's okay. She got a job as a waitress and eventually got a job at a cafe near the courthouse. Unfortunately, that cafe closed after the stock market crash of 1929. Rough. She lost her job and she was unable to find another one. So then in January of 1930, she was at her brother and sister-in-law's house when she was introduced to Clyde Barrow. Okay. So now we're back. Yes. They have their meet cute. Yes. They quickly fell for each other. Bonnie, as I said, was very small and petite and yeah, pretty. And Clyde was shorter than other <laughs> men, but he was really handsome and well-dressed. So oh, Okay. So and he, he was taller than Bonnie, so I guess she didn't care. Yeah. I think that he was quite a bit shorter than Roy, her husband, but I don't I don't think she cared, you know? No, she didn't even like that man. Yeah. Um, Clyde was sleeping on Bonnie's mother's couch when the police caught up to him. They arrested him while Bonnie wept and begged them not to oh. for... Um, a string of car thefts and burglaries. Okay. He was wanted in multiple towns for car theft and burglaries, particularly one event that included his older brother, Buck. When the two brothers and a friend were trying to get away, Clyde crashed the car that they stole, so they had to run away on foot. Buck got shot and captured, as did the friend, but Clyde made it all the way back to West Dallas and eventually to the party. So he ran from a a burglary, right? Directly to Clyde and his brother and one other person were burglarizing uh-huh they are unable two of them are unable to escape only clyde's able to escape he yeah. gets all the way back to west texas and then while he's back hiding in west texas they or west him. dallas yeah he meets bonnie and then the police catch up to him right yes okay so now the law had finally caught up to him and he was sent back to the town of denton where that crime had happened uh-huh. bonnie wrote clyde love letters including some poems which she wrote often she's a really good writer oh uh-huh. cute Bonnie and Kumi, Clyde's mother, if you recall, yeah, drove down to Waco where Clyde was going to be tried. She stayed even after his mother returned to Dallas. On March 5th, he pled guilty 
and was sentenced to two years in prison, but the nearby prison was too full, so he was stuck in the local jail for a while. Mm. Using this window, Clyde and two other inmates from the jail escaped and stole a car. By the next morning, after stealing and abandoning multiple cars, the police were unable to find them. (laughs) A week later, the group were on the run in Ohio, so they've made it all the way from Texas to Ohio. That's not close, Mav. That's uh-uh. far away. That's pretty far. That, that's, yeah. After having robbed many locations throughout the town and a railroad station, Clyde, the getaway driver, got lost through the unfamiliar territory in the dark. So they end up driving by the railroad station that they had just robbed again. Uh-huh. And the police were still there at the station investigating the robbery. Mm-hmm. And they recognized the license plate on the car from a witness statement and ran after them. Wow. So they accidentally got lost. Like this happens to Clyde a lot. He's a really good driver and stuff. He's horrible with directions. He's also reckless, and like they they are never that successful. You know what I mean? No. Like you know the like pretty boy Floyd and the Jesse James and whatever. Like they all like stole a lot of money and were really like impressively good at yeah at like stealing. Clyde and Bonnie are just seem to be kind of be good at getting away. Yeah, but even not really though. <laughs> yeah, not they're not great. <laughs> they're not like good at this. You know what I no. mean? Like I don't know what they would be really good at, but they're not super good at being outlaws. It doesn't seem like they're really that good at anything. And not in a mean so way, just like Although Bonnie's pretty good at the poems. I kind of like yeah, the poems. You said she was a good writer. Yeah. And like artist musical artist so the police are running after clyde and then the two men that he escaped jail with Mm -hmm. the other two men jumped out of the car and surrendered because the police were coming right after them and it was sort of obvious that they were going to get captured get them yeah so they gave up immediately but clyde never one to surrender easily kept evading them and for nearly an hour before they eventually caught up to him wow so Clyde was now sentenced to 14 years in Texas. Yikes. Years later, it was revealed that Bonnie had snuck the gun to Clyde that he used for his jailbreak. I didn't know a gun was involved. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, there was, I mean, they used a gun to threaten people in the gut out, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. But they used the, like, lower security levels of a jail as opposed to a prison to be able to escape. Right, because the prison was overcrowded, which isn't really something they chose. It just, like, happened. Yeah. True. And he wrote her telegrams while he was on the run, so she knew he was still alive. So even this early in the relationship, yeah, they're already they've like literally Bonnie only been together for a few weeks, and they're already sort of Bonnie and Clyde. And she's already, like, down to be his girlfriend while he's in prison. Wow. Like, I think it's, like, they really... a few weeks, maybe, that they've even known each other. Yeah, but they're about it. They're they're like, we're, we're down for life. So back in Texas, Clyde was sent to the East Ham prison farm which was a notoriously rough prison that was like a work camp for the prisoners. You know, like it was a working prison. Yeah, it was a farm. Yeah, on the farm, they worked hard labor in the fields for nearly 12 hours a day. The prison was filthy and the prisoners weren't given enough or any time for breaks during the day. They were beaten for not working fast enough in the field. Some prisoners were even killed for not working fast enough or for, like, not being able to continue on and keep going. Wow. Okay. Clyde's older brother, Buck, had already been sent to this prison, but he had escaped by simply walking away. I don't know I don't, how what is or what on? that means, but he must have found a way to just, like, walk away. This. He eventually did go back to the prison 
I don't know if I write if I wrote down exactly when on his own accord. But he did go back to the prison of his own accord so that he to finish out his term and not like get in more trouble. This is the they, they craziest. Were, his family was eventually time. able to talk him into going back. You know what I mean? For what? For why? Why would you do that? I don't. I might mention it later, but I just know that at some point he does go back, but not immediately. Uh, Clyde was assaulted physically and sexually by fellow prisoners. Ooh. Clyde's main abuser was a man named Crowder. Crowder. And Crowder was murdered in prison, apparently, by a different man named Scally, who had a really long prison sentence. However, it is believed that Clyde killed Crowder, and Scally agreed to take the the fall for it, because, one, he also hated Crowder, and two, he already had, like, a life sentence. Oh, so he didn't really give a shit. So adding more time to it didn't matter to him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Clyde's family was in a better financial situation than they'd been in previously. Maybe this is when they get their gas station. And Buck had been continuing to rob businesses since he escaped from prison. The Barrows used Buck's earnings, quote unquote, to hire some lawyers who successfully argued and got Clyde paroled. Say that. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So instead of being in prison for 14 years, he was in it for, I think, a little less than a year. Yeah, he scammed his way out of that one. Clyde didn't know how soon or even if parole would come for him, though, while he was in the prison. Uh Uh-huh. And he was completely worn down from the work in the fields and just the constant abuse he was suffering. Yeah. So he, like a lot of other prisoners in that prison had done, cut off two of his toes in an attempt to get a reprieve from the work in the infirmary. What the fuck? That's how bad that prison was that the prisoners were mutilating themselves to get to go to the infirmary. His parole came through, though, and he left prison on crutches on February 2nd, 1932. 32. Also, damn, he could have kept his two toes. Yeah, he's 22 right now. He'll be 23 this year. He just hasn't had his birthday yet. Wow. What a prime time to be alive in the fucking 30s. Yeah. Well, you know, that's when we're alive, baby. We're doing doing the, uh, in the 30s? Great Depression again. No, we're just doing the Great Depression uh, all over again, apparently. You know, I don't think it ever stopped, Mav. Hot take. Of, you know, <laughs> what an interesting take. <laughs> he immediately went back to Bonnie. Of course. Clyde considered finding an honest way to make a living, but the police in Dallas were watching him. He tried to move out of town for work, but the PTSD and the trauma from his time in prison made him a nervous wreck, and he was unable to work. Uh, like he legit had PTSD and would freak out. Yeah. And he told his like his sister, his brother or someone that he couldn't leave town to get away from the police like oppression because mm-hmm. they were coming for him and like keeping an eye on him and stuff. He couldn't leave town to start a new life somewhere else because it freaked him out to be too far away from his family. Oh, uh, okay. The PTSD was so bad that yeah. he couldn't like he didn't want to leave them. <clears throat> Damn, he's really in a corner. Yeah. He often talked about planning a big jailbreak of Easton. What? I thought he was out of jail. Yeah, but he's planning. He wants to go back and get people out. Oh. Oh. All right. Bold move. Because it's so bad there and he doesn't like it. And he (laughs) likes the, you know, his like prisoner friends he thinks should be free of that terrible place. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Clyde and a fellow former inmate, Ralph Fultz, robbed a few banks and used some of their earnings to buy guns and bulletproof vests. When they got back to West Dallas, Clyde gave most of his money away to needy family members and friends, which not only was that just like a nice thing to do, but it also led to his neighbors and his family to like have his back. And from now on, you'll see that they don't snitch on him. Within his neighborhood, he's really safe. And it's largely because he helps people who need help with the money he stole. Oh, that's nice. Now, that being said, 
it's not like a John Dillinger who I don't actually know what John Dillinger did fully, but it's not like um he's a bank robber who just robbed banks. Yeah. And like the insurance will pay off the bank people or whatever. Like he was robbing people. But like, like shitty businesses people who needed the money. No. Oh. Like perfectly nice people. Oh man. Who own their own businesses. So you know what I mean? Like it's not like he's a hero. Yeah, yeah. He's but not he a did give Dexter some of what type. he stole. Yeah. Okay. He's complicated. Like everybody's complicated, yeah. you know. He's got he's got some shadow sides to him. Yeah. Still planning okay. the prison break, Clyde and Fultz kept up their string of robberies and added a few kidnappings into the situation whenever they needed help escaping. So if there was sometimes they would take the person who owned the car and their car and escape. Wait, sometimes he they would, would take you know, the person too? Yeah. And then they would be it. pretty nice to them. They would I don't know that they would be nice to them, but they would sort of kidnap someone, basically. In order to help them escape faster. And then, like, a hundred miles later, leave them on the side of the road and keep going. You know? Okay. So, like, kind of so like, kidnap them, but only yeah, for, they, like, a short moment. It's more like they... Yeah, it's more like they held them hostage for a while. It's not like they were looking for money to give them back. You they were just I mean? doing it because they're sadistic fucks, Mav? Is that what you're saying? No, they needed something. So, they took someone with them. Or it was easier to... They didn't want a witness, like, doing something. You know what I mean? Uh, like, it was... Yeah. It was not sort of... It was actually seen as one of the nicer things that they did because they didn't hurt any of the people that they took hostage, you know? Yeah. Okay. They treated everyone nicely. Yeah, they stole all their shit. I think they did kind of scare them a little bit. Like, it's not like the people... It's There were times where people would leave the hostage situation and be like, yeah, they were kind of fun. I kind of <laughs> liked them. But there were also times where they were like, they were scary. I think really before Bonnie gets involved and is like on the road, it's a little scary. But once Bonnie's there, Bonnie's just like fun and chatty and puts people at ease. Well, that's nice. You it's know? just a but short before Bonnie gets there, unassuming girl. It's probably like 90 pounds soaking wet. The people that get kidnapped before Bonnie's sort of directly involved usually say that they were like scared or that Clyde or Fultz threatened them, uh-huh. but didn't do anything to them. So, and then with Bonnie, yeah, I, in my opinion, once Bonnie arrives, you get a lot more of the witnesses that are like, yeah, she was like, we talked about this and we talked about that and she made this joke and she was really funny and blah, you know. Uh, Okay. All right. So love that for her. Clyde Fultz and Bonnie went down to Eastham where Bonnie visited Scally, the guy that killed Crowder for, or quote unquote killed Crowder for Clyde. Yeah. The guy with the long sentence and mm-hmm. told him that Clyde would get him out soon. In April 1932, they tried to rob a nearby gun store, but the night watchman saw them and rang the town's alarm, like a literal like bell in the middle of town. Yeah. Okay. So a bunch of people came out to help and they had to get away. They had to immediately run away. The roads were blocked out of town, so they had to try and take a back road. And then it started raining and the car got stuck in the mud. So they went to a nearby farm and they stole a mule and they rode away. They traded the mules that they stole for a car. And then the car ran out of gas, which apparently people didn't use to fill their car up back then. They were just put in a little as they needed to go. You know, some people still do that, man. And I think it's dumb. Yes, they shouldn't. They should not. But but, I mean, back then, I think that you like had gas for your tractor. You had, you know what I mean? I think you had gas around. Yeah. Anyway, so it like wasn't that big of a deal. But they, so they, they run out of gas a lot, basically. Okay. Um, the, the car that they traded the mules for ran out of gas and then Fultz got shot. So Clyde told them. The police? The people that are still coming after them. Yeah. Oh, damn. Clyde told them that he'd get help and escaped and Bonnie gave herself up with Fultz and was captured on April 19th. Wow. At this point, Clyde is 23 and Bonnie is 22. 
Okay. Fultz was sent off to a different jurisdiction where he was sentenced to more than 10 years because Fultz had a record and was, like, wanted for stuff. Mm. Bonnie had nothing. No. She was brand new here. She's a fresh spring chicken. Bonnie was left in jail while the town decided if they were going to charge her and with what. Okay. Bonnie actually seemed to be treated pretty well in jail. The jailer and his wife let her sit outside in the evenings and play with their children. And Clyde's family would check in on her and, like, give her, bring her clothes and stuff that Clyde gave them money to buy for her. Yeah. Um, he's still in hiding, if you recall. But, like, Clyde they is. would check on her. Yeah. So he wouldn't check on her, but he'd have his people check on her. Yeah, his mom and his sisters and stuff. Okay. Bonnie's mother, though, was pretty upset to see her daughter in jail. And she was like, I think she liked Clyde as a person, but she did not like the situations that her daughter was in. No, you know of course I mean? not. How could you? So that's kind of a, a problem for her. Yeah. Clyde is a bad boy. Yeah. It's not. She would really love for her daughter to not be but in also- jail. It but, also seems like Bonnie's been is, a bad girl. She just never really got caught because she's Maybe, so like yeah, she's so small. But there's and a difference between being like there's a difference between being like a drama starter and like an outlaw, you know? Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a definitely a journey there from one to the other. But I feel like Bonnie was already was always on that journey. Yeah, maybe, maybe. While in jail, she wrote a few poems, including one titled "The Story of Suicide Sal," about an outlaw's girlfriend who ends up in jail. Sal's boyfriend found a new girl before Sale could get out. So when she was released, she kills the boyfriend and the new girl for revenge, but also ends up dying herself from a like policeman's bullet. Hmm, that's that's pretty dark. Yeah. It's okay. a good I think it's a it's a good poem though. Wait, she wrote that? She wrote a poem, yeah. That's she wrote the- like an epic poem story yeah and that but that was it it was about like a triple well i guess a double a a double homicide and then a death by cop i guess well we love a comedy (laughs) meanwhile clyde is still out doing crimes one robbery ended with a gas station jewelry store owner's death (gasps) although clyde's family insists that he was the getaway driver and wasn't present for the murder in the store i mean you're the getaway so, driver, so you're like you're still in the mix, even if that's true. But yeah. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I, think, I think Clyde fully fucking clocked that guy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Clyde is the getaway driver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clyde is the best driver in all of these situations. He is driving, driving away. Yeah. But I don't know if he was in the store and then get out and drove the car. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. I get you. That's what I think. But who knows? Okay. But they, his family says that he wasn't. So. Okay. A reward is put out for Clyde and the other men in the robbery, and his mugshot was connected to a few other kidnappings. So basically, they take his mugshot and show him to a bunch of the people that were kidnapped, and they were like, oh yeah, that's who did it. So he's now connected to like a handful of crimes. Yes. In June of 1932, Bonnie finally stood before a judge. She said she didn't know the men she was with, and no charges were filed against her. So she said that she didn't know Clyde or Fultz, and then no charges were. Straight up lied. And then got away yeah. with it. Which she told them what they wanted to hear. Love that for her. She went home and told her mother that she was done with Clyde. Hmm. However. Doesn't seem so. A few weeks later, she left town telling her family it was for a job. But really, she went to Clyde's hiding spot. Hmm. The next few months, they were mostly hiding out, either living in anonymity in a small town where no one knew them. Or they were getting help from family and friends, including Raymond Hamilton a 19-year-old who had previously helped Clyde and Fultz with robberies. Okay. I'm tr- I'm trying to keep the additional people to a minimum, but there are a lot of accomplices that come in and out of the, like, Bonnie and Clyde right. gang. Yes, yes. They so I'm going to do my best. They can't do it all themselves. I get it. We are largely done talking about Fultz, so you can 
Forget about him. Gone. Forgotten. Now we're talking about Raymond Hamilton. Love. Honestly, these names are getting a little better. Are they? Oh, great. This is my favorite one so far. Great. On August 5th, Clyde and Raymond and a few accomplices dropped Bonnie off at his family's filling station. That's the gas station that they own, I was saying. Mm -hmm. And left to rob a business uh, a few miles away. The robbery was successful and there was a nearby dance that the men attended. Possibly because they were drinking. A dance? Prohibition. Yeah, there was like a dance. The town had like... A dance. Like a seventh grade gym class, gymnasium dance. I think it was indoor outdoor. (laughs) I think it's like a small town and they had like a little festival type of dance thing. But they called it a dance. Okay. That's so wholesome and cute. I think it's kind of, well, I guess I was going to say, I think it's kind of like the dance in like West Side Story, but I do think they're in high school in West Side Story. Wait, what's the dance in West Side Story? I think that's a high school dance. I think it's a high school dance. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) There was a dance. Just un- just accept yes. that there's a dance People in this People are town. dancing. And that the men attended this dance. And then possibly because they were drinking, as prohibition lasted through 1933, a police officer approached the men and said that he was arresting them. Just because? It's the, the wrong group of men to approach. Yeah, it's unclear why he approached them. Uh, he wanted some trouble, but I feel like he's well, going to fuck around and find out. They, the reason that we don't know why he walked up to him is because the men opened, fired, and shot and killed Deputy Eugene Moore. Oof. Rough. So he could never uh, explain why he walked over to them in the yeah, first place. It he, just was not a great choice. He just had a death wish, maybe. They managed to escape on foot after they rolled their car over in a ditch. So they jump in the car go but then Mm -hmm. the car catches on a ditch and it rolls over into it yeah and so they all have to get out of the car and run yeah they walked through the night until they found a house and they stole the car and eventually got back to bonnie on bonnie's suggestion they left texas for new mexico because at the time police couldn't pursue you across state lines Uh, okay little loophole there things things like kidnapping and robberies were not considered federal crimes yet Uh so they couldn't chase you across state lines yeah. So they left. They went to New Mexico. Okay. They went to go visit Bonnie's aunt, but her aunt thought that the men, I believe this is just Raymond and Clyde and Bonnie. Uh-huh. So they, she thought that Clyde and Raymond were kind of uh, suspicious because they came in in a fancy car that it seemed like they absolutely could not afford. Yeah. And then, like, massive just stacks of cash. And she, she was like, that's a little suspicious. Yeah, her intuition is pretty spot on. So she called the cops and they came by to say hello. Oh. Bonnie answered the door and distracted the police while Clyde and Raymond snuck around back. And then Clyde used a gun to take the officer hostage, put him in the car, and Which- then they all escaped in the car. What? There was only so one at officer Bonnie's aunt's that, house. that showed up? I thought there was two. I don't know how many officers showed up, but they just took one hostage with them. So that could be a case where multiple officers showed up, but because they were able to hold one hostage, uh, they could get away. Yeah. You know what so I mean? They didn't want to put that guy in danger. Yeah. Potentially. Eventually, they got far enough away that they let the officer go and kept driving back through Texas. At this point, the police in both New Mexico and Texas are actively looking for them. Because of all the stuff they did in Texas, and now they've kidnapped a police officer. In New Mexico. I don't know if it's in New Mexico. And I don't know if it's this police officer or a different one that they kidnap. Uh But at some point, there's someone that they have kidnapped. I think it must be a different one. Because I think they haven't kidnapped for a while. And people think this guy is dead and are freaking out and are so worried. It's a policeman or a random guy? It's a policeman. It's a policeman for this one. Because the the police department are looking for him. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they look for a normal guy. Guy too but they're looking for their police officer that was kidnapped and he like 
he's fine. Well, that's like, everyone good. thought he was dead. Yeah. But I think it might be a different situation because I think there was shooting involved in the other situation. Uh, and that's why they thought that officer was dead. Yeah, but he wasn't dead. But he was fine. He wasn't dead. But the, he was fine. This guy didn't die either, right? They let him go. Not only was he fine, he ended up liking Bonnie and Clyde when he left because Bonnie's so fun. Was Bonnie this guy's with fine. them? I thought it was Bonnie Clyde is and with Raymond. them right now. Okay. Bonnie is with well they visited with Bonnie, they visited Bonnie's aunt. Right. I'm saying when they stole Carr and the policeman, I thought it was just Raymond. With Bonnie. Okay. They all three escaped together. Oh. From Clyde does not leave Bonnie anymore. Oh. You know, like it's it's Yeah. yeah. It's I Bonnie and he, Clyde now for real for real. Yeah, he left her the first time. I think it was agreed upon to leave her. I don't think he ditched her. Yeah. I think that he was like I can escape this was and the they plan. won't do anything to Bonnie, yeah. but he doesn't he doesn't really leave Bonnie very much. Okay, good to know. So, um Clyde and Bonnie drove Raymond back up to Michigan where uh-huh. his father lived. Gang gang. Then they traveled around the midwest for a while stopping in kansas city for bonnie to get a perm until october of 1932 when bonnie wanted to see her mother again oh okay so clyde took bonnie and his family to see his mother's sister so they go back to texas Mm -hmm. while they're back in texas clyde took bonnie and his family to see his mother's sister who i didn't write down where she was but it was not that area it was a different area yeah during the visit bonnie shot her left foot why we don't know how bonnie shot her own we left don't foot? know why it was an accident yeah she shot her own left foot specifically the second to smallest toe on her left foot Ooh, rough. it wasn't a terrible terrible injury but it like it would kind of bother her like she would kind of limp you know yeah she lost the toe after this visit they dropped off clyde's family and they would get into hiding and at this point really only occasionally stop to visit their family or stop for places they were pretty much on the move now as we continue going forward yeah okay every few months police would find another stolen car dumped after clyde was done with it they lived in their stolen cars eat out of cans and spend everything that they stole just to survive while on the run so they're not like making bank you know what i mean yeah they very rarely have extra money but when they do they give it to their friends and family and stuff it really seems like the money was not important to them oh that's nice they're just doing it for shits and giggles i guess so Mm-hmm. At Christmas 1932, the hunt for Clyde was so hot that they could only visit their family briefly before running back into hiding. Wow. At this Merry point, Christmas. Like on, yeah, on I think Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or something, Clyde and Bonnie were joined by another friend, W.D. Jones, because remember they've dropped off Raymond in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think Raymond gets in trouble and arrested and found and all like his own story. But we don't. We're talking about Bonnie and Clyde. No, we're sticking to the facts. At this point, Bonnie and Clyde were joined by another friend, as I was saying, W.D. Jones, who was somewhere between 16 and 19. What a child. Like he he either was 16 or he was lying about being 16 and he was actually 19. Why would you make yourself younger? What a weird. If you're underage, you can't like go to the big boy jail. I guess so, but don't they have, like, can't they, like, verify that information? Because then everyone would lie, I mean, it's like, but it's also, like, maybe they can't verify it, you know? People don't have birth certificates. Yeah, but if you lose it, then who can prove it? That's true. They should make copies or something. Yeah, I think that your hospital has a copy and stuff, but I think it was way easier to lie about your age back then anyway. Okay. Anyway, he admired Clyde greatly and was happy to travel with the now famous outlaw. (sighs) Clyde's famous now? Clyde's kind of famous now, or he's at least famous in the area, 
Bonnie is not, though. Bonnie's not really known yet. No, that's good. She needs to keep a low profile. A few days after he joined the gang, W.D. and Clyde fell into a trap the police had set for another criminal, and a gunfight ensued that ended up killing Deputy Malcolm Davis. So much blood is being shed here. The money Clyde gave to neighbors and families really came into play about right now. Police all over Texas were looking for Clyde, but no one that had any information was giving anything up. However, when Raymond was caught, he gave a statement that referenced a woman who went with Clyde on his runs. This is the first reference to Bonnie actually being involved in the crimes itself. Meanwhile, Clyde's mother, Kumi, talked to papers and reporters basically saying that Clyde was innocent of all the charges and giving proof like saying that he was still on crutches when a, like when a different officer was murdered and she said that she'd never heard of Bonnie. So Kumi's out here just lying. Yeah. She she's We love like, her. I'm down. She's down supportive. For the cause. Love that. She's a lot. <laughs> she also isn't like she's not necessarily super pushy. But she, like, has his back, which I think is kind of interesting. Wait, this is Bonnie's mom, right? Clyde's mom. Oh, okay. Cue me. That's Cue me. Clyde's mom. Yes. Clyde's older brother, Buck, who, if you recall, had escaped from prison by walking out, had returned after his brief prison escape to serve the rest of his sentence. Now Clyde's mother and Buck's wife, Blanche, tried to get Buck out legally. So at this point, Buck's already back in his prison. Like, he has already gone back at this point. Yeah. And Cumie, Clyde's mom and Buck's mom, because they're brothers, uh-huh. and Buck's wife, Blanche, are trying to get Buck released, trying to get him paroled. Yeah, after he just voluntarily went back to jail. I don't think he just did it. I think it's been, a, like, a year or something. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, he could have lived yeah. the rest of his life, just living his life. And he was like, nah. I'm sure. I don't know. I mean, he would have had to live, like, Clyde on the run, right? Maybe not as much as Clyde, because was, he, was he continuing but he to, can like, never, do he shit? But he can't build his life again. You know what I mean? I guess not. But what kind of life do you have back then? Uh... This is the path he chose. Yeah. Okay. Good on him. After months of letters from family members and various upstanding friends claiming that and claiming that Blanche was pregnant with Buck's child and Buck's own good behavior Buck was paroled in March 1933 when he was 30 Clyde at this point was 24 so that's the age difference of the two brothers okay Buck wanted to see Clyde to encourage him to turn himself in so he and Blanche and Blanche's dog Snowball went on a trip (gasps) with Clyde I fucking love Snowball. Me too. Mm. It's unclear if Buck actually wanted to tell Clyde to turn himself in or if he just wanted to help Clyde rob and steal and be a, uh, an outlaw. You yeah, know, it's maybe, unclear. Maybe both. He told his, certainly told his wife and his mother that he just wanted to go encourage Clyde to turn himself in. Oh, okay. That was not That's what, what he I said he thought you were going to say. So he and Blanche and Snowball <laughs> went on a trip with Clyde, Bonnie, and WD, like I was saying. Uh-huh. They're all on vacation together, basically. Oh, okay. But their vacation is in a town called Joplin, Missouri, which I don't think is like um like a vacation spot, but I don't actually know. It doesn't sound great. But it, it seems like it was a small town that they thought they could hide in and not get too much attention yeah so they like moved into an apartment in joplin missouri together all five of them okay they would go to the movies and i i want to say if they were going to the movies they might even see some like newsreel clips before the movie Uh about clyde like that's totally possible wow uh according to blanche and wd who wrote about their time with Bonnie and Clyde afterwards. Bonnie and Clyde would fight somewhat often, and the fights sometimes turned physical. Yikes. The fights would always end with Clyde trying to kiss and make up. Oh, well, we love a toxic So, just so you know, we're just giving you, yeah. I'm giving you facts you know, here. It, 
they're they thick and thin those two after a few weeks and a growing list of crimes in the area which i always kind of think is dumb it happens to them a lot where they'll go to somewhere to hide and then, and then suddenly start shit. robbing all around that place of people like are on alert mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. they decided it was time to leave and they packed up the group planned to leave on good friday april 14th 1933 mm-hmm. however on thursday <gasps> at 4 p.m a few police officers arrived at the house as Clyde and WD were trying to close the garage door. And they parked their car to block the garage door. The police did? Yeah, the police did. Uh. An officer ran into the garage and was shot before Clyde and WD let out a spray of bullets. WD was also shot in the gunfight. Yikes. Blanche, Bonnie, and Buck heard the shooting and ran to the garage. Buck to help Bonnie and Blanche with as much as they could hold to pack the car. So they put as much as they can into the car. And Blanche helped WD into the car because WD has been shot. Yeah. But her dog ran away. (gasps) Not Snowball. In the craziness. So she chased after Snowball. Uh, Clyde. Bonnie did? And Buck. No, Blanche did because oh, it's Blanche's Blanche dog. Okay. Poor Snowball. Clyde and Buck managed to move the officer that they had shot and they moved people out of the way mm-hmm. and get the car out of the block garage. I don't know how, but they, they managed to get it out. Okay. They drive like around the block and go pick up Blanche, but Snowball was like nowhere to be found. <gasps> Oh, Snowball got away. In my head canon, she found a lovely, happy family that didn't rob people. Yeah. And was she totally lived a, fine. She lived a stable life, Mav. Because I think that she, I think they were in a little neighborhood type area. I don't think you have apartments out in the middle of nowhere. No. There's some, maybe some zoning laws there. Yeah. I'm sure that Snowball's fine. Well, Snowball's way dead now, but yes. All right. I also think All that right. Snowball found a very happy, yeah. healthy family. They were soaked with blood from the officers and each other gross two officers died in the struggle jesus in the apartment the gang had left behind papers including buck and blanche's wedding license perfect as well as um buck's parole papers so it like absolutely confirmed that buck and blanche were there yeah and it pretty much ended buck's like brand new fresh start no he was now a criminal again yeah almost immediately never really stood a chance that guy also left behind was blanche's camera and a roll of film the film was developed no one recognized wd because he's a 16 year old child (laughs) but they did recognize clyde And they were very interested in the photos of Bonnie. One of the photos, a shot of Bonnie leading against a stolen car, holding a gun and smoking a cigar, would become iconic. Like, I'm sure you've seen this picture of her. The photos were published in magazines across the country. And the couple were immediate superstars. Not only were they outlaws, but they were beautiful and well-dressed. And the fact that they were a couple in love and, like, together through all this craziness made them, like, this romantic ideal. They drove 500 miles straight before stopping and getting medical supplies. They cleaned their wounds and stayed on the run for weeks, passing through all all the neighboring states basically Clyde and Buck would often get into arguments about what they should rob or who was in charge mm. because at this point wait, if wait, you remember Buck is Buck's still on the run with them everyone is still with them except the dog wow these policemen really like suck i think yeah if you recall Buck is like 6 years older 
than Clyde, uh-huh. but Clyde has significantly more experience as an outlaw. Right. Yes. So yes. they're sort of having, they're sort of butting heads with that. Yeah. A little ego, ego thing going on. Nothing too crazy, but it is happening. They're also all living in, there are five people living in a car that only fits five people maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, they live there? It's like you're spending weeks on a road trip in a car. Yeah. Not in like are bound to rise, Mav. Right. It's not like an SUV. It's small. No, I, yeah. I get it. We're in the, like, 40s right now, They're, like, yeah, they're spending 30s. This is 1933. Oh, 33. Okay. They're spending so much time, like, physically on top of each other. Bonnie and Blanche, who were friends while Clyde and Buck were in prison, at this point are really starting to get on each other's nerves. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just literally everyone living on top of each other is too much. Clyde asked WD to steal a car. However, the owner of the car saw WD trying to steal it and runs out to try to stop him. Yeah. And then grabs one of his friends and they take her car, the car owner's friend's car, right? Okay. They take her car to chase after WD and the guy's car. So they take both cars. No, they're like, WD runs off, WD drives off in the car Clyde told them to stole. Mm -hmm. The guy that owns that car and his friend get in her car. Whose car? And she, the guy's friend. Oh, okay. And she chases after wd but they're unable to catch him and they lose him okay got you and clyde loses him as well he's like gone oh he escapes yeah also didn't he get shot like is he not how is he yes not he dead? did but it uh he got shot like in the shoulder through and through so it just healed you know what i mean it just sucked but it healed i don't understand that this is also weeks later at this point so right it's like, i'm like he's wouldn't, not... wouldn't you like bleed out or something no okay shockingly sure. these people take a lot of bullets and they are fine for right a while. i don't know they were built different in the 30s i guess, I guess so a few weeks after that they visit the Barrow gas station, but they didn't get out of the car because, you know, people are looking at them. So they drive up to get gas uh-huh. and they're able to talk to their family while they're inside the car and their family's outside the car. Wait, they meet, they tell their family to meet them at this gas station? No, they just, it's their gas station, the one they oh, own. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot they, that happened. Okay. His mother and their family try to talk Buck into, like, leaving Clyde and Bonnie. Uh-huh. And Blanche would also like to leave. Aren't Clyde and Buck family? Their brother, yeah. So basically, they're, well, Clyde's already got this huge record. Yeah. What they're basically saying is that we could just, and Clyde is agreeing to as well, they could just blame everything that happened in Joplin, that like shooting in the garage. They could yeah. blame that on Clyde and he can have his life still. Buck can. Yeah. yeah. And Clyde is all for it saying that he'll write a letter, he'll take all the blame. But Buck doesn't believe that it would do enough to get him to avoid the death penalty. So he chooses to stay with Clyde. Oh, okay. Was he right or not? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Bold move though. I mean, we love the brotherly love. It's a choice. I don't know if he would have gotten the death penalty, but definitely is now. Bonnie similarly chose to stay with Clyde. Of course. Well, telling her mother duh. that she loved him and that when he died, she wanted to die with him. Wow. Well, that's, that's some love right there, man. True love. If you ask me. Like, yeah. After the family visit, Buck and Blanche went to visit her family in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie and Clyde went to Dallas where they found WD and and he rejoined the group, which may or may not have been WD's choice. Okay. On June 10th, Clyde was driving to meet up with Buck when he crashed the car into a river. Why does he keep crashing shit? Is he yeah. on drugs? Is he drunk? 
I think this one specifically was that like the the bridge was under construction or there was like a new bridge uh, that he didn't know about and the old bridge was like falling apart and being taken apart or something like that. Yeah. There was something about it that was like he didn't know the route and he drove in he drove the car into the river. Mm. Clyde and WD were injured, but they were okay. They were I don't want to say like normal car wreck injury, but they were like they were banged up because they were in a car wreck. Yeah. But they were fine. Yeah. Bonnie was very seriously injured. She was originally unconscious and the car battery leaked acid on her leg. Ooh, like um, like from her knee down or maybe even just above her knee down was just burned. Ugh, okay, gross. They couldn't risk calling a doctor. Uh, and although some women at a nearby house tried to clean up her wounds and help Bonnie, one of the men at that house went to go get the sheriff. I don't think that man knew that they were Bonnie and Clyde, but he oh. knew that like an accident had happened and they like, oh, they get so he's just like, I'm going to go figure. get, yeah. yeah. Clyde realized that the man was missing. So he was ready when the officers arrived. Like he realized that a guy was missing, but he couldn't leave because Bonnie couldn't leave. Yeah. So he was like, so he I'm just waited. Fuck these cops up when they come. When the two officers arrived, they stole a car and they held the two officers hostage. They offered to pay the family that helped Bonnie. Yeah. But the family refused, saying that helping a person in need was just the right thing to do. So yeah. you didn't need to pay them for that. Wow. Bonnie had to be laid down on the back seat and she was laid across both of the hostages. <laughs> like both the of cops? the officers. <laughs> Yeah, they put them in the back seat, and then Bonnie was originally going to sit up front next to Clyde, but then her legs were so bad, mm. she was in so much pain that she had to lay down. So they laid her in the back on basically across them, and they comforted her, the two hostages. They comforted her, and they tried to help her to make the – because the ride was really bumpy. Ooh. Yeah. And it just hurt. She was in so much pain. Yeah. When they got back to Buck and Blanche, they tied the cops to a tree and left them. But they tied them in a way that, like, the cops were able to free themselves after they were away enough. Yeah. You know? Sort of delay being followed. Yeah. And when they actually arrived there, Buck was like, oh, you have these cops. Are we supposed to, like, are we going to kill them or something? Yeah. But because they had been so nice to Bonnie and so helpful, Clyde was like, absolutely not. Oh, well, that's a good on you, Clyde. Good on you. Clyde and WD were banged up, as I was saying, but Bonnie was in excruciating pain. Yeah, Parts her... of her bone were showing through her leg. Disgusting. And her leg was stuck, like, sort of bent up underneath her Ugh. because it just, she couldn't straighten it. It hurt too bad. Yeah. So it was kind of like she was like a flamingo or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was tucked up like that. <laughs> For pretty pretty much the rest of the story, picture Bonnie either uh... hop, hopping along or being literally held by Clyde. Yeah, her legs Or someone gone. else. Sometimes other people help carry her Gross. but he really like physically carries her for almost the rest of the trip wow. they went up to kansas and found a hotel and a doctor who treated bonnie's leg the police that are looking for them at this point uh-huh. thought that clyde for sure would have left bonnie somewhere by now because she's just dead weight yeah and she's so hard like it's just not a good idea to keep her going but, but he, he never her. left her side and he not. even stole pain medication for her well that's sweet clyde drove alone back to dallas despite knowing that the police were looking for him there to go to Bonnie's mother and tell her and her and Bonnie's sister that he thought Bonnie was dying and so they could go go see her and be with her before she died. Her mother was probably being watched by the police so they decided that her sister should be the one to go back. Bonnie's her sister, mother? Yeah, Bonnie's mother is being, they think that she's being watched by the police yeah. so taking her back would be bad. Yeah, okay. But Bonnie's sister comes with Clyde and they go up to Bonnie and she helps nurse Bonnie back to 
health as much as she can. She, you know, she like cleans the wounds, helps take care of her, gets her food. Like her sister helps her. Yeah. Buck and WD got into a car crash after robbing a grocery store mm. and got into a gunfight with the cops killing an officer. Of course. How many cops are they killed at this so, point? At least double digits. It's a lot. It's a lot of people in general and it's mostly cops. Clyde realized after this that the risk of them staying in this area was too high and so they had to leave yeah, town quickly. You gotta get the fuck out of there. But once they leave town, they don't want Bonnie's sister to be forced to like join the gang. So they drop her off at a, like the first train station that they pass so that she's uh, not involved in anything. Okay. Well, that's nice of you, I guess. They rented a cabin in Missouri, but they're spending and the general tension in town uh-huh. led to the police watching the cabin and eventually another gunfight and quick escape by Clyde. Mm-hmm. So like they were sort of buying food like they just were kind of spending a little more than they maybe should have for yeah. people notice. Yeah. And there's a lot of tension in town because like robberies are happening everywhere and they right. know that Clyde, the Clyde Barrow gang is wherever. Yeah. So another gunfight and quick escape by Clyde in the gunfight, which was on July 7th, Blanche had been injured when broken glass from like a window being shot through mm-hmm. got in her eyes. Oof, rough. And Buck had been shot in the head <laughs> and through his forehead and part of his brain was exposed. Okay, he's dead. He's gotta be dead. Everyone was still alive. This is ridiculous, Mav. And Clyde kept driving, stopping only to get them medical care when they could and for bro- and for like broken tires. Medical care tires. when they could? My man Buck, his brain he's is leaking just, out of his he's head. He's driving. He's gotta get away. Buck, Buck is driving? No, Buck has a big towel on his head and he's You're dying. conscious. He's dying. He's, he's conscious. Well, he's gonna be dead soon. I think. On Thursday, July 24th, 1933, they camped out at Dexfield Park, an abandoned amusement park, uh, I think in Missouri, but I didn't write it down. The folks at the nearby town noticed Clyde buying medical supplies and food, and the farmers noticed the group burning bloody bloody clothes. Hmm. They didn't recognize Clyde. It's not like they saw him and knew who he was. Yeah. But he's just like a new guy in town, just buying stuff. and doing some weird ass shit. Yeah, and so they tipped off the police, and yeah, another gunfight ensued wd was shot twice as everyone jumped into the car to try to escape they crashed that car and had to run wd was shot again but was still able to carry bonnie because you remember bonnie can't walk or no and also is buck Buck, still alive buck and blanche can hardly see blanche like cannot see at all because there's glass in her eyes yeah and buck has his brain out so clyde (laughs) is helping them run away and he's basically dragging them up a hill while WD is carrying Bonnie. So WD and Bonnie are further ahead. This and Clyde is... is helping Buck and Blanche. And Buck tries to tell Clyde to leave him and take Blanche and uh, get her out. Yeah. And both of them refuse that. Oh, okay. Blanche refuses to leave him and Clyde refuses to leave him. So he keeps dragging them up a hill until Buck is just too injured and can't go on. Yeah, my band's so brains he... are all out of his head. Yeah. So he and Blanche hide behind a tree. Okay, sure. Bonnie and WD hid down by a river and Clyde goes like they meet up and then Clyde goes to steal a car to try and get them out quicker. Mm-hmm. He's unable to because of the number of police in the area. Mm. So he hears some shooting and then he escapes. Bonnie thinks he's dead while she's waiting on the river and she's freaking out. Yeah. But he isn't dead. He's able to on foot get down back to them. Okay. So they have to on foot and injured. WB's been shot like three or four times yeah. at this point. And I think Clyde's been shot too at this point. And Bonnie cannot walk and they have to get across the river on foot. Once they're across the river, they steal a farmer's car and they drive off. Uh, 
They all survived me get across the river. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? Two hours after Bonnie and Clyde got away, the police find Buck and Blanche. They dragged Buck into the field and eventually to the hospital where he died five days later. Who died, Buck? Buck. Of course he did. His mother made it to the hospital just in time to speak with him before he died. Uh, he was 30 years old. I'm 30 years old. The I know. <laughs> the Barrows waited to buy Buck a headstone, believing that they would soon have to bury another son. Clyde. Legend has it that Clyde snuck into Buck's funeral in disguise. Because he was the only one that could move. You know what I mean? He was the only one that could have made the trip. Clyde? Yeah. Yeah. There's no proof that he was, but it was like the rumor almost immediately was that Clyde had snuck into the funeral. Yeah. Okay. So they have a funeral Blanche, for Buck. They bury him and the rest of them are still alive. Yeah. Buck so far is the only one that's died in the gang. Okay. Blanche was also taken to the hospital. Her eyes were finally cleaned out, but I don't think she ever really fully regained her sight in mm-hmm. one of her eyes. Yeah. She was interviewed by the police and she gave a fake name for WD because no one knew who he was yet. Yeah. And she... Um, said that she didn't shoot anyone. So she didn't really give them a lot of information. Buck, before he died, confessed to killing a U.S. Marshal and he confessed to some of the robberies. (laughs) But again, he didn't give information about other people. Right, okay. No one knew where Clyde and Bonnie were. The next few months were quiet with only a few robberies to replenish their guns and ammunition supplies and like food. Yeah. In September of 1933, WD left the group and got a job picking cotton in Houston before being arrested a few months later. This one seems like it was uh agreed upon that he was gonna leave but who knows wait wait he say told that again, poli- no okay so in september 1933 wd left the group uh-huh. and got a job picking cotton in houston before being arrested oh okay a few okay. months later yeah uh he told police that he was with the gang against his will and that he had never fired a gun he also went through all the crimes he had quote-unquote witnessed because remember he was not a part of them what a dickhole like also i yeah. guess you know, look out for Whatever. yourself. It was the first time that we were given a really clear timeline of Bonnie and Clyde's crimes, at least while they were with WD. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde would dye their hair and wear wigs to sneak into Dallas to visit their families. On November 22nd, Bonnie and Clyde planned a meeting with their family and Dallas Sheriff Smoot Schmid <laughs> found out about the Smooch plan. Schmid. Yeah. He and his... This is all made up. ...team uh, set a trap for Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Clyde must have known that something was up because basically they were hiding where they knew him and his family were going to meet up. Uh-huh. His family arrives in like parks and then Clyde arrives and I guess realizes that something is up and drives past his family uh-huh. instead of stopping to talk to them. Yeah. And so the police start firing on him. Luckily, Ugh. they don't hit anyone in the Barrow family car. Yeah. But Bonnie and Clyde were both shot in their legs before escaping. Bonnie's got to be out of legs from at him. this point. Bonnie's having it rough with the legs, I tell you what. She's got to be on out On November of 28th, a Dallas grand jury indicted Bonnie and Clyde for the murder of uh Oh, they got the arrested? Deputy. No, they were just indicted. Uh, there was enough proof to indict them, but they don't have them yet. Mm. Of Deputy Malcolm Davis, who you may remember I talked about earlier. That was when WD and Clyde got in a trap set for a different set of... That was the guy that got... Sh- yeah, yeah. That was the guy that they killed there. Okay. So, Bonnie didn't do it, but no. that's, I guess, not the point. But she was there. She was involved. She wasn't there. Uh, 
they dropped her off elsewhere. (laughs) Anyway, Bonnie and Clyde headed towards Fort Worth, having to continue to dodge the police. Jimmy Mullins was paroled from Easton Prison on January 10th, 1934, with a plan for a prison break. He found Clyde, and although Clyde didn't trust Mullins, he agreed to help. They waited for a foggy day, then they shot the guards, who were keeping prisoners from escaping the edge of a field where the prisoners were supposed to be chopping wood. So they're over by, I think, a set of trees, which is not far from the road. It has direct access to the road if you go through the forest. Uh And there are only two guards on horseback with guns that are keeping the prisoners from running. Uh Right? That's it. Uh Clyde and Jimmy Mullins, and I think uh, some other people that were involved, came, shot those two guards to let the prisoners escape that were chopping the wood. Uh Finally doing the prison break that he wanted to do forever yeah right yeah after the guards were injured because the guards didn't die Mm. after these two guards were injured the four inmates and clyde's accomplice joe palmer ran through the woods to bonnie and the waiting car i think that jimmy mullins like wasn't in the plan he just had the plan i don't think he was actually there but i don't know anyway clyde let out a few rounds after the prisoners escaped to sort of discourage people from following them and then they all piled into the car okay he stopped for gas 150 miles away where he heard the news of his jailbreak which was in a way kind of going viral so he drove 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 and then 150 miles he had to stop for gas Uh and when he got to the gas station the guy the attendant was like oh my god did you hear clyde barrow did a jailbreak at easton prison oh my god it was so cool and he was like Oh, I'm the Clyde, Clyde Burrow. Must be a pretty cool guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you're dumb for not knowing what he looks like. So now they were kind of a big gang because all of the people that escaped from the prison plus the people that helped them escape from prison are just in one car. Yeah. And so they immediately start doing a bunch of small robberies. A few of the escapees left the group, but they were quickly captured and interviewed by police where they, I think, gave up a few details about the group, which kind of sucks, but whatever. Yeah. After the jailbreak, the Texas Department of Corrections asked Texas Ranger Captain Frank Hamer to come out of retirement to find Clyde Barrow. He started his search on February 10th, and from then on, he's pretty much like on their ass. Like he is looking for them yeah on april 1st 1934 bonnie and clyde were heading to grapevine texas where they waited for their family to meet them and celebrate easter some cops saw their car parked and thought they might need help so they approached apparently when clyde saw them he could tell from their expression expressions that they didn't suspect anything so he told their new sort of crime partner methvin uh-huh. henry methvin uh-huh. who was one of the escapees from the prison mm-hmm. he basically looked over him and said come on let's take them to clyde that meant take them hostage like they had a bunch of times before yeah but to methvin he didn't take it that way and so he started immediately open like shooting yeah, the cops he meant, like take their life he killed one immediately and the other one was dead before he could load his gun it's unclear if clyde you know saw where this was going and shot that second cop uh, or if uh methvin shot both cops i don't know which one okay a witness saw the killing and thought bonnie was the shooter and that report went across the country i think it was uh, just because random they were both both methvin and clyde are kind of small on the smaller side uh-huh. and so he thought it was like a man and a woman but it was just two men uh, because he said that they were both wearing pants and bonnie with her terrible leg could not wear pants Right. She didn't even have a legs anymore, really. Yeah. Isn't that ironic for you, Bonnie? This was the first time Bonnie was specifically a killer. And the public opinion of Bonnie and Clyde turned here 
as this was seen as a needless violent event. It was. Everything else at this point has kind of been like, the police are shooting at them and they're shooting back. This was the first time it's like, they in cold blood murdered someone. Or at least that was the report. Yeah. So they were not necessarily anti-heroes anymore. Yeah. Right? They were starting to be a little more anti. They're starting to be the villains now. Yeah. For the first time, a specific amount was put on Bonnie's head. Mm. She and Clyde each had a $500 reward for their capture. Meanwhile... Hamer is still following them. In May, he was told that Bonnie and Clyde were planning to visit Henry Methvin's family in Louisiana. Yeah. Methvin's family were actually scared of Bonnie and Clyde. And they went to the police to make a deal for their son that he wouldn't get in any more trouble if the family helped the police get Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Before leaving Dallas to go to Louisiana. Bonnie visited with her mom and she gave her a poem that she had written called The Story of Bonnie and Clyde, which is where the quote that I started the episode is from. Oh, cute. She spent the night with her mother before they left for Louisiana. Okay. Bonnie, Clyde, and Henry, Lethvin, stayed with Henry's parents for a few days until they went up to Shreveport on May 22nd, where Henry managed to separate from them. I think he went into a store to buy something, uh-huh. and then Clyde either got, like, spooked by some police nearby or something, and he drove on to drive around the block. And while he was driving around the block, Methvin left and, like, ran away and hid. Okay. okay. So that he's separate from Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yes. So, unable to find Henry... Bonnie and Clyde go back to Methvin's house, his like parents' house, Uh to find him. But his mother told them to come back in the morning. They basically like, oh, Henry's not here right now, but he probably will be overnight to come back in the morning. After they left, she told the police exactly when to expect Bonnie and Clyde coming back to their house okay so on may 23rd yeah on may 23rd 1934 hamer and his team set up an ambush on the road that they knew clyde would have to take to get to the meth fence they used henry's dad as a decoy and made him stand by a broken down truck hoping it would cause Clyde to slow down to help because Clyde is known for driving crazy fast all the time everywhere. And so they wouldn't have time to shoot him if he was driving that fast. Yeah. But if he saw Henry, specifically someone he knew like Henry's dad in front of a broken down truck, they assumed he would slow down to help him. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde come speeding down the road. And when he saw Henry's dad, he slowed down to help him mm-hmm. immediately, probably like before he was supposed to. An officer shot into the car. Ooh. Clyde was hit in the head and he possibly died instantly. Like it's possible the first shot killed him. Yeah. Bonnie screamed and the rest of the officers began to fire. Clyde's foot slipped off the pedal and the car rolled into a ditch. The police filled the car with bullets even after it was clear that both Bonnie and Clyde were dead. You gotta make sure. I guess so. They shot them so much that, like, Clyde's face started coming off. Henry's dad ran away almost immediately. (laughs) As you should. And the cops at the scene took photos of the carnage, which you can still see. I think it's, like, on the Wikipedia page, the photos of Bonnie and Clyde, like, dead in their car. Really? Now I'm Googling that. Locals descended on the scene, stealing bullet shells and anything they considered a quote-unquote souvenir. The car was driven through town with Bonnie and Clyde still in it, just covered up by a sheet. They were taken to a funeral home where their extensive injuries made it hard for them to embalm there were so many bullet holes in them that they couldn't they were like having trouble embalming them yeah they really got fucked up yeah bonnie and clyde wanted to be buried together but her family wouldn't allow it tens of thousands of people came to view their bodies which were held in separate funeral homes in dallas 
20,000 people came to Bonnie's funeral, making it hard for her family to reach the gravestone. Clyde had a private funeral and shared a gravestone with Buck that said, gone but not forgotten. Cute. The Dallas newspaper sold 500 copies of the paper that announced their death. That's a lot back then. It's crazy. Wow. For like, but that's for like a local newspaper, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't even, yeah, I don't yeah. even know if there were 500,000 people in Dallas in 1934. <laughs> you know, really? like that's like every single person would have to have bought a paper. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Dallas is a big city, but I don't know how big it was then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, Bonnie's niece and last surviving relative is, I believe, campaigning to get Bonnie and Clyde reburied together. Oh, cute. I mean, I guess. They killed, yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, I think it's cute now that you had enough time away from it, you know? Yeah, now that, you know, you can let go of the carnage and just think of them as a down-for-each-other couple. Speaking of the carnage, they killed 12 people, stole thousands of dollars, and dozens of cars. Although they weren't the most successful outlaws, they are one of the most famous, in large part because the romance that was just so encapsulated like, yeah they were really captivating like, of their story like everyone obsessed with each other and everyone was obsessed with them and the idea that these you know this romeo and juliet of the outlaw scene yeah ride or die for real for real yeah there were a lot of things and we may never know all the facts but they were definitely in love And so to close out the way that Bonnie closed out their stories, at the end of her poem, she says, someday they'll go down together. They'll bury them side by side. To few, it'll be grief to the law or relief, but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. (gasps) So poetic, Mab. Gang, gang, gang. I, I mean, you know, ride or die. I feel like they, they like created that phrase. They embodied that phrase. Literally, they truly were ride or die. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. They have really started, for better or for worse, if they were the yeah. OGs of, like, that sort of, like, love. Even if you're not, like, crazy yeah. criminals that, like, rob and steal and whatever. Just to have that sort of relationship where, like, no matter what the other person does or doesn't do, you're down for them. And I respect that, Matt. I respect that yeah. a lot. I don't agree with murder. No, no. I'll say that, no. but I think that's obvious. Yes. I don't so. think anyone that, like, idolizes maybe the wrong word, but I don't think anyone that, like, at least nowadays, that kind of, like, thinks of them as, like, you know, this cool-ass yeah. couple hopefully isn't, like, idolize the murder part, but more of the right. love, the true love that I I genuinely think they were in love. I don't know why you would do any of that for anybody. <laughs> That's true. Compared to, like, a lot love. of the couples that we talk about, it just seems the most inescapable, I love this person, so this is what we're doing. Yeah. There was none of that, like, petty passive aggressiveness or like yeah. i'm trying to fuck you over here because you hurt me here or like any of that stuff that yeah. i think has been true of other couples that we talked about even if they were in love it's like bonnie and clyde were like truly down for each other and i mean you to know, be in fair and the, in the to the other couples. Happiest of ways, yeah. They were a couple from 1930 to 1934, right? That's it. They were really only together together from 32 to 34 because Clyde was in prison for most of that time, uh, right? Yeah. For the first couple of years. So it's maybe just to like make an argument. It's easy for them to have been so in love and all about the love because they didn't have the like. That's true. The time. They didn't have the longevity. And almost the entire time that they were together, they were physically on the run from the law. Yeah. That's crazy Could that not it was stop. just that short amount of time. You know, they really did some shit in that short when amount of time. When you're living that amount, like when you're doing that amount of robberies and stuff, I think it's 
to kind it's of condense a, your timeline. It's a, it's a fast life, you know? Yeah. Live fast, die young. How old and I were guess they? they? They at least... 30s? Lo- lo- young 30s? Mid-30s? No, 20s. They were in their 20s. Oh. Bonnie was 24. Jeez. And I think that Clyde was either 24... No, Clyde was 25. They were 24 and 25, I believe, mm. in 1934. So young. So much yeah. ahead of them, but maybe not at all because they really, like, did a lot of shit. Yeah. You know? I don't really know if they had much of a future. I don't... I certainly think that Clyde felt like he didn't have much of a future. I would say the same about I don't Bonnie. think that you do the kind... Yeah. I think that... Yeah, I don't know what Bonnie wanted or was doing it becomes it's clear to me from a very early age that Clyde decided that the only way he was going to survive not even like thrive but survive in such a harsh world Uh was to steal I think he was basically stealing to provide for his family from a very young age yeah it just was what it always was I I agree and once you get in that situation and the police like it's that it's really the same thing that happens now with people entering the criminal justice system and just unable to get out. There's yeah. not a life waiting for them out there. I agree with you initially, Matt. Like, I, th- I think Clyde started out like that because, like, you can't choose where, how you're born or what you're born into. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think along his path, he had... S- he had different opportunities to make some yeah. different decisions. Oh yeah. And yeah, he I just think it was a decided, decision on his part. Yes. You know what I mean? He, which is, you know, we all make choices. So like for better or for worse, do you, uh, yeah. and he just decided, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just lean in and I'm going to be this fucking, not even a badass criminal because he was kind of silly at times. Like, you know, like, like you said, he just would get caught or he'd get lost or like he'd wreck a car or like, you know, I feel like yeah. he like he stumbled his but, way through it in the beginning. He got better at it, obviously, as he went along. But he was also like, this is, I'm going to, I know, the, I'm not trying to have a future anymore. Like, I'm just going to yeah. do this as, as, as long and as hard as I can. I think you're absolutely right, especially when you consider that both he and Buck were, like, paroled. Yeah, Buck, you know, honestly. They both served their time and then were paroled from the prison. Yeah. And couldn't let it go. You know what I mean? No. They were married to the streets, Mev. They were yeah. like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be a gangster. And honestly, maybe not so much for Buck. But I think for Clyde, you know, history, he's ended up on a not a horrible side of history. Like he's, you know, he's revered. He's got really good branding. Yes. He is revered in a way. So maybe he made good choices after all. I don't know. At the end of the day, they chose each other. And I think that they would say they're happy with that choice. I love that. I do think... They wanted to die together. Yeah. That happened. Congratulations. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, they're floating around somewhere, like, just being like, oh, my God, look, people are still talking about us. Yeah, I think they would like that part. However many years later. And we're, like, cool and iconic. And, like, people have, like, people dress up as us for Halloween. All the time. And that, I think, is, like, the biggest compliment you could ever get. Yeah. You know? Nice. Yay! Nice. Yay! That was good. So you liked it? You were excited? To I did them like it. I didn't know. I, again, I knew, like, obviously I knew who Bonnie and Clyde was, and I knew they were, like... You knew like, the beginning and you knew the end, but the whole middle is, like... Yes, I didn't know the life story, and, and I didn't turns. know, honestly, how fucking ballsy they are and crazy. And I also yeah. thought that it was much longer timeline. I didn't know it was, like, Backstreet yeah. Boys in sync, like, they were only popping I for two years, say, like, and then they kind of faded I away. F- 
I feel like a lot of those outlaws in that time, I don't know for sure because I haven't looked into them, but I have a feeling that all of those, like the John Dillinger's, the Pretty Boy Floyd's and stuff, it's all a lot shorter than we think it is just because like that level of crime. Yeah. You can't do that for a long time. Sustainable. This is true. This is true. Even with how fucking dumb cops were and that whole system like back then. Well, yeah. And just the fact that they could go to New Mexico and suddenly... The, the fact that someone them. could literally just walk out of prison and then just yeah. be like, ah, and then, and then years later just decide to like yeah. walk back in and you're like, okay, well, yeah. Well, and I the can't fact that when they actually seriously. did their quote unquote prison break, all they had to do is deal with two guards Yeah, and then walk through the woods. Yeah. It's like they Seems were so easily able to just shoot so many police officers and take them hostage as well. And then like not even kill them and then have officers think that, you know what, that wasn't that bad. They're actually, they're, they're kind of cool. They're kind of like nice. Yeah, they're kind of fun. Kind of nice people. She's very charming. In yeah. Like, yeah, she is. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. But I, I, hey, I'm, I'm more of a fan now, Mav. So thank you. I was, I was pro Bonnie and Clyde, but now I'm like, now yeah. I'm a, now I'm Stan. I stand them. So for this episode, the sources were Bonnie and Clyde, the making of a legend by Karen Blumenthal. And then Bonnie and Clyde, The Lives Behind the Legend by Paul Schneider. And then our intro outro song is Feeling Good by White Hot. I from love Beats I.O. that song. Just want to throw that out bow, there. Bow, bow, bow. It's a good one. You really it's picked a good, a good one, one Matt. Um, all right. So go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to. You go. I was just going to say, all right. Thank you for listening this this Ooh. month. If you liked our podcast, you know, give it a like. You're supposed to do for share sure it. If you like it. Tell your friends yeah, about let it. Let us know. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. Give us some feedback if you didn't and like it. And we will see you next, next time. Month. Bye. Bye.